Hi everybody, Jack here, just dropping in before the show to let you all know that all of us at the Peer Review Club will be at the upcoming EMBL Postgraduate Symposium. We're excited to announce that we will be presenting the first prize for student presenters on the day, and the winner will have the opportunity to be interviewed on our show. It's going to be a great symposium, running virtually for two days and hybrid for the final day. The theme is On Giant's Shoulders Adapting to an Ever-Changing World. There's going to be an awesome range of speakers from all sorts of backgrounds, including molecular biology, cancer, ecology, and biodiversity. Plus, there's going to be some great science communicators there, including Dr. Anna-Sophie Jurgens, Dr. Will J. Grant, and Professor Peter Dearden. The symposium is running from November 10th to 12th. Registration close on November 5th. We hope to see you there soon. And now, onto the show. Alrighty guys, welcome back to another episode of Pear Review Club. Um, feels like just yesterday we had an earthquake actually so that was pretty exciting today um shaking things up a bit uh we've got jack on the pod today talking to us about the history of one of the greatest things i have to say uh instant noodles so hey jack and hey bonnie hello Hello. so excited for this episode um recently been obsessed with the gin noodles in a cup have you guys had that one is that the korean one Oh, I thought you were talking about, like, the alcohol gin. <laughs> no, J-I-N. It's in this blue cup. The mild flavour. It's a must-try. It is my favourite instant noodle. What's your guys' favourite instant noodle? Mine is the Prima Taste Instant Singaporean Luxa. It costs, like, five Ooh. bucks a packet. But if you That's didn't premium. tell me it was the instant noodle version of Luxa, I couldn't Ooh. even tell. Yeah. Wow. Mm. And is the, like, is the cooking of it quite difficult? Do you have to do a lot of, like... Nah, you just put in the water, put in the noodles, put in the soup packet, and you're done. And it, it's, it's like, if I remember correctly, it's not a powder for the soup stock. It's like a, a bit Oh, pasty. it's like a paste. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, my favourite, well, the only instant noodles I actually eat is the chutin, uh, yakdeng. I don't know if... Uh, I don't know what the English is, to be honest. So it's got a little boy on the front of the packet, and the f- it's a red packet, and it's uh, sesame oil flavour. Oh, I know that one. Yum. My dad loves it's that. Honest, it's so good. And, like, every Saturday morning, my guilty pleasure is to cook a packet of those noodles and then crack a fried egg on top with a flat white. It's honestly the best combo. With a flat white, I'm just imagining the coffee in the noodles <laughs> with the fried egg on top. No, it's separate, obviously. That's such a vibe. We could start a restaurant. It's just instant noodles and flat whites. That's all we serve. Mm. It's actually a really good combo. Like the flavor, like the coffee flavor just cuts through the saltiness. It's, yeah, you guys should definitely try it. Oh, yeah. All right. Now you convinced me. Wait, where do you get your, do you buy a flat white in the morning and take it back home? And then nah. Nah. No, no, no. Like, uh, I have a coffee machine at home, so I just uh, whiff one up in the morning. Yeah. Alrighty. Cool. Should we get a start? Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, let's get into it. Alrighty. So, as a bit of a preface, in the year 2000, Japan was polled on what they thought was the greatest invention of the 20th century. So, where do you think instant noodles ranked? Surely First. number one. It's number one. Out of all of their inventions across their economic boom, Across like even the, machines are included. Even machines, like we're, we're talking like stuff like air conditioners, CD players, walkers. Out of all of that, they still think instant noodles was the best invention that's come out of Japan throughout the 20th century. Wow. I reckon there's no <laughs> argument there. Yeah. 
So I think to them, and probably to us as well, it speaks to us that instant noodles is, is more than just, you know, the, the college food, the high school food you might make because you've mm. got no money and only two minutes. But it's really something that speaks to an identity and a culture. And that, that really came out through my uh, report, which I, I've been working on. So let's cast our mind back to the Qing Dynasty. So we're talking somewhere between the 1600s and the 1900s. So the economic so we're not growth. Yep. In Japan. Not yet. We're, 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 we're in China. We're, we're China? in China. Okay. We're in China. Okay. So the economic growth was good. The growth in science, art, and culture was good. The proverbial Qing was good. And so were the noodles. With royalty comes celebration, and so comes big banquets. And if you celebrate longevity, noodles are robust. According to legend, Ying Bing Shou, I don't know how to say the name in proper Chinese, so you guys can correct Thank me on you. that. It's perfect. Great. So Ying Bing Shou gave a banquet to celebrate his mother's birthday, and this was no small affair, and with so many guests to cater for, the chef was under a lot of pressure. By accident, the chef put already cooked egg noodles into a boiling pan, so double boiled. So now, a double cooked noodle is a soggy noodle, so with little options left, the chef took the noodles, fried them in hot oil, and served the noodles with soup. The noodles were a hit, and they were dubbed Yi Noodles. Little to anyone's knowledge at the time, Yi Noodles were the start to cracking the code to creating the first instant noodle. In effect, the Yi Noodle is the primordial instant noodle. Oh my god, so it was a mistake. It was a mistake. It was a mistake. Wow. All great things are mistakes. Mm. So, it, I don't know if you guys ever had like deep fried noodles. Like it's like a chow mein is kind of like a deep fried noodle, kind of right. It's like chow mein. Yeah. Oh no, I think it's more stir fried to be honest. Okay. So how do you get so crispy? Yeah, because so chow mein actually just means like stir fried noodles. noodles. Oh. Yeah. No, if it was fried, it would be za mein, wouldn't it? Bonnie, mm, like true. technically speaking, yeah. But I think it's just yeah. Like a lot, when a lot of, when customers come to the takeaway, they ask for the noodles to be extra crispy. The dad just kind of like puts more oil in <laughs> at high heat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, as far as I know, the more oil you put, in, the more oil you put into something, the, the better it probably tastes. So they mm. have that going for them. Moving forward a couple of centuries, Go Pei Hock was born in 1910 in Japanese Formosa better known to us these days as Taiwan. So his grandparents owned a textile store, which inspired him at the age of 22 to start his own textiles company. In 1933, he traveled to Osaka, where he studied economics and started a clothing company. The Japanese reading of his Chinese name is one of the legendary Momofuku. Gopei Hok would also be known as Momofuku Ando, taking the name Ando from his wife. So you guys may have heard of Momofuku Ando, I haven't before. I've only heard of, like, Momofuku, the restaurant, by the Netflix David. guy. Is it by David Chang, who's in New mm. York? Yeah. Am I making that up? Yeah, that's the one. Mm. Um, that's but he seems as much unrelated as to this person from Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. So you, the connection will be built upon. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that Momofuku chain of restaurants is inspired by this oh. man, Momofuku. Wow, okay. Yeah. Welcome to World War II times, or post-World War II times. The age of peace is good. The economy is bad. Pan-Pacific Asia morale is bad. Cultural identity is bad. But at least we were glad that there would never be another war ever again. Never, ever, 
There's a good time of peace. So, Ando was at a crossroads. He just doesn't sound um, Asian at all. Ando? Ando. (laughs) Sounds so white. So, Ando was at a crossroads. (laughs) Sorry. Um, And he could choose to become a citizen of the Republic of China. This is Taiwan, and this is another proverbial can of worms we can tackle next time. Or he could remain a subject of Japan. Since Japanese nationals had to forfeit their properties in Taiwan, Ando chose to remain a citizen of Taiwan to keep his ancestral properties in his homeland. The day after Japan surrendered, Ando wandered the streets of a broken Osaka, and he would grapple with the destruction left by the war and the beginning of the end of his company that had literally been reduced to rubble due to aerial bombings. On this walk, a makeshift ramen stall, or a yatai in Japanese, was set up in the wreckage behind a train station, and this was serving ramen to lines of locals. And this is quoted from Gizmodo here. Ando asked himself, People are willing to go through this much suffering for a bowl of ramen. But perhaps that ramen is more than just a food. Ramen is a comfort, an identity, and a way of life. So I don't know however you guys feel when you eat ramen, but I feel very confident whenever I go out, particularly when I have a really good bowl of ramen. Like any noodles is just the best comfort in the world, I reckon. I think if there's one thing I could live off, it would be noodles or bun me. Great choices. Noodles is like a hug, just like a warm hug on a cold day. And there's just so much like variation as well. Like obviously you can have like the ramen and the hot soup that's kind of warming your tummy, or you can just have like the chow mein, which is so fried and good at the same time. Yeah. I've got a ramen question. Is ramen the same as instant noodles? Are the two like interchangeable? So we often call instant noodles instant ramen, but ramen is different from, or traditional ramen is different from instant noodles. So ramen is a Japanese take on ramen in Chinese. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe it's the same characters, but just um, obviously pronounced Oh, is it limein? Yeah, something like that. It's got the L-A and then the mean. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So it sounds like the Japanese approximation of the word in Chinese. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So often um, when you go into a ramen restaurant, you'll see the ramen written in katakana instead Mm. of hiragana or the kanji. Mm. Um, Not not, not always, but a lot of the time. And part of that is Mm -hmm. because they're taking a foreign word and then saying Japanese. So you write that in katakana, as far as I know. So... Ramen is a pretty big deal, even even after the war. Despite this, Japan would face food shortages born from the effects of war. Japan would receive wheat flour from the US, and the Ministry of Health would push citizens to eat bread made from this flour. And a question this. Why bread as opposed to noodles? Something that so strongly resonates with his people. The ministry would say current noodle companies could not supply enough noodles to the people. So noodles just... We cannot be distributed at the moment. We're getting tons of wheat flour in from the U.S. Let's just make bread. But unwilling to accept this, Ando decided to produce noodles himself. And I quote, Peace will come to the world when all his people have enough food to eat. And that food would be noodles. Come hell or two minutes of high boiling water. So Ando would then spend two years in jail for tax evasion which he claims was due to providing student scholarships, which at the time was considered tax evasion, but I've yet to see this be double confirmed beyond Ando's biography. But after the two years, in the late 50s, Ando would establish the Nissan Food Company, a small company in the game of producing salt. So you guys must have heard oh. Nissan. 
So the noodles that I was just talking about with the little boy um, in the red pack and the sesame oil, they're actually mm-hmm. some brand. Mm. Mm. But I thought they were... So the packet says they're made in Hong Kong. So like, and I don't know, I thought it was a Hong Kong brand. But anyway, obviously it's Ando's. Yeah, yeah. So it's a Japanese food company. They've got mm. subsidiaries in the US and I'm sure places elsewhere in Asia. And they probably have factories in Hong Kong as well as Japan mm-hmm. and, and America. Yeah, so yeah, I I love it in this and random noodle. Like I I have mipok a lot, which is like a like a Southeast Asian instant noodle. I think it's also made by Nissin, despite it not being a Japanese noodle. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of the noodles we eat actually are, are Nissin born. Mm. Cool. So in this game of creating a salt company, he would try to create the perfect post-war food, and it had to have what are claimed to be five requirements. It had to be one tasty two non-perishable three ready in less than three minutes so two minutes (laughs) economical and it needs to be safe safe and probably healthy Mm. as as we know (laughs) 400 percent of daily sodium intake (laughs) (laughs) so it's, it's it's a pentagon of characteristics so an entire year was spent trying to preserve ramen noodles and it would try multiple techniques time and time again, but upon rehydrating the noodles, the texture was never truly correct. So if you guys have done science, tried to optimize a technique, this is well and truly within yours and our ballpark. But one day, he threw some noodles into the tempura oil his wife had heated to make dinner, reminiscent of the yi noodle technique way back in the day. Mm. And on this day, life as we know, changed forever. What he observed was this flash frying technique of freshly made noodles, and this would reduce their moisture content to around 2% to extend their shelf life. Concurrently, this technique would also create tiny little perforations in the noodle as the water evaporated. It's these tiny holes that allow the noodles to rapidly be filled by water, and when boiling, allows the noodles to rapidly return to the consumable state. So this is the principle of surface area to volume ratios at its cultural finest. Wow, so I'm just picturing these noodles have these tiny, tiny microscopic holes along its whole surface, and then because the what the hot oil is able to penetrate to make those holes, is that the idea? So as the water is evaporated from the noodle, one oh, of sorry, is, okay, that creates the holes because it becomes gaseous. It's quickly. going through, yeah. Mm. So does that mean when the water gets added back in, like the hot water, it expands the noodle? Yeah, so it expands the noodle and it can get into those holes. Like because penetrate through the holes. Yeah, and there's a lot, much larger surface area. So, you know, way back in like year 10, year 11 science or biology, we were told a larger surface area to volume ratio increases the rate of reaction. So by creating these small little perforations, we've effectively increased the surface area of your noodle block. So that's why you can cook in two minutes. Yes, we did learn important stuff in year 10 science. Wow. There we go. That's so cool. Yeah. I feel like we need to grab some noodles and put it under a microscope so we can see these <laughs> tiny little holes. <laughs> I yeah, might I actually do that tomorrow at work. Let's, we should give it a go, Jack. Yeah, we should. <laughs> when you guys do this block of ramen in the, in the lab. Nothing, I'm just, just optimising um, an experiment. <laughs> so, yeah, so by, by complete accident we have this new formation of noodle, essentially. So the noodle had dropped. 
Ando would use his newfound technique to develop the first commercially available instant noodle known as chicken ramen. Chicken ramen in English. <laughs> a pre-seasoned chicken flavored instant ramen and the so-called first invention by Nissen that suggests that ramen should be eaten with an egg and scallions. So the egg, right? You never, ever make a bowl of instant noodles unless you're putting the egg on top. You got it right. Oh, 100%. Like fried egg, like... And what, they probably have a soft boil. They probably mm. mean a soft boil it. Boiled egg, yeah. Just need that yolk running through the noodles. It's so good. 100%. Bonnie, please tell me you eat your instant noodles with an egg. Bonnie's awfully quiet. Well, I'm super lazy, so... Bonnie sounds very guilty of not having egg in her ramen. (laughs) Look, guys, I'll be honest. When I have it in the cup, I straight up just put water in the cup and call it a day. But if I'm going to make it a bit more bougie, I will add a bit of bok choy and an egg. But I can't say that I do that all the time. No. Because I, yeah, I cook my instant noodles in the pot and then I'll put it through the colander and then... Uh, obviously drain because you're not meant to drink the water that's um cooked the noodles in dad says there's lots of wax and uh chemicals in there i'm like i'm sure that's with all my food um but yeah you're meant to drain out that initial uh water that you cook it in and then i add a bit back because i actually quite like my ramen a bit dry i don't know if that's weird with some chili oil so it feels more like yeah than the fried egg obviously yeah mum's actually said the same thing about the water so Mm. She'd kill me, but sometimes I don't drain out the water. But when we're growing up, she's like, you cannot drink the water. It's poison. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, though. It's like a weird, cloudy color, so I don't really trust it. What if it's just, like, wheat proteins and stuff? Nah, because I think they, they like, Dad says they coat or, like, brush on wax to keep the noodles shiny. Maybe that's another thing we can do by next time. (laughs) Another Asian myth. My noodle blocks don't look shiny. That's like, I don't know. No, like they look glossy. Like the noodles, when you take it out of the packet, they're like, glo- okay, you know what? Let's move on. Like. <laughs> okay, so we got, we got chicken ramen. And it, it's, it's been invented. It's the first commercially available instant noodle. Chicken ramen would hit shelves at the steep price of 35 yen, which at the time was actually six times the cost of traditional udon or soba noodles. So these are probably the cheaper noodles you can actually buy. So chicken ramen was actually a luxury item. But like Tesla's, as you make some more and your consumer base increases, you can drag your costs down. So chicken ramen, still sold in Japan, now costs 120 yen, mechanical inflation, but now is about three times less than the cheapest bowls of noodles you can find in Japanese restaurants. So this is where we're kind of at based on instant noodles. So yeah, it's it's interesting, right? Because he was trying to make instant noodles the food of the people. And he found a way to preserve it. It's great for post-war stuff because you can keep it on shelves. And then inevitably, it's out of the price bracket for most of the people in Japan. You know what I love so much about his story, Ando's story? The importance of his wife with the tempura oil. Like, she is Mm. the MVP in this situation. If she didn't have that leftover oil from the frying day before, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, exactly. Is she? I mean, I, I, I wonder... If, you know, this, he, he does recognize her importance by taking on her last name. Um, mm. maybe, maybe not just out of convenience, but yeah, she did a lot for him. Is that her last name? Is it Nissen? Or is that unrelated? No, Ando. Ando is his wife's oh. surname. So where does Nissen come from? Do we know? 
I'm not sure, actually. Not Nissan. Not Nissan. <laughs> no. <laughs> Alrighty. So, what do you guys think about the story of Noodle so far? So, we, we, we've followed the journey. I'm shook. Like, it's pretty incredible that Instant Noodles was just randomly discovered by throwing these noodles in the fryer, but also out of necessity as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And it, yeah, like it just, it resonates to me a lot. It's like you keep trying, you keep optimizing and, mm. and you're discovering new things as you go. Like as an innovator and, and, and I guess makeshift scientist, Ando really um, has it up there. So I'm going to, should I call him, should I call him Momofuku Ando? Does that help? <laughs> Momofuku Ando. Momofuku Ando. Yeah. Yep. So, so he's such a visionary yeah. for like to us, noodles and two minute noodles is like the most basic, the cheapest meal, but at the time... He's trying to do something that nev- no one's ever done before. He'd be proud. Is he still alive? No, unfortunately not. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, let, let, let's take a, like a, a sidestep for a little bit. And let's talk about the food science of instant noodles. Let's talk science. Let's talk food. Uh, the shelf life of instant noodles can last up to a year or probably more, depending on which company produces your instant noodles. But flash frying alone may not be enough to carry your typical block of noodles throughout the ages. So enter... Antioxidants. So we all love antioxidants. Woo! Yeah. Do you guys try to keep antioxidants in your diet actively? Like I know blueberries. Are... Yeah, I was gonna say I eat a lot of blueberries. That yeah. keeps me healthy, right? <laughs> well, hopefully, what I'm hoping you're gonna say is there are lots of antioxidants in these noodles because this is pretty much all I eat. <laughs> well, they, they, they try. They, they they try to offset some of your antioxidant consumption by including it in your instant noodles. So part of the reason part of the reason why your food spoils is because of oxidation. So mm-hmm. more specifically it's called oxidative rancidity. Uh, this recreates <laughs> Sounds so bad. So it's ran- rancid. Rancid. <laughs> yeah, so oxidative rancidity, this is um, a, a very common thing that, that occurs in food. Um, if you don't preserve it properly. So Oxidative, oxidative rancidity creates what we call free radicals. And these are particles or atoms that can steal electrons from other atoms or molecules. And this can destabilize these molecules, leading to more oxidation and creating molecules that have bad odors, such as ketones or aldehydes. So if you are a year 12 chemist out there, you probably know tons about this. Uh, free radicals can also make more free radicals. So the process mm-hmm. propagates itself. So it's, that's why when things go bad, they go bad quite quickly. Antioxidants are able to slow down this process by providing electrons to these free radicals. So instead of the free radicals stealing electrons from the molecules and atoms of the food you want, uh, they take them from the antioxidants instead. So by putting in antioxidants into instant noodles, we can extend the shelf life by stopping oxidation. That's a good thing. I guess the bad cool. thing is that the antioxidants are synthetic. So you're saying there's no blueberries in the instant noodles? No, unfortunately not. Unless you maybe get one of those health instant noodles, which I never touch because... You know, What's yeah, who does that? You know those instant noodles that are like, oh, like we, we, like we baked our instant noodle instead and it's made out of like whole grain, just <laughs> stuff yeah. that sounds like makes for a really bad soggy noodle. <laughs> well, you're, not, you're not eating instant noodles for health, that's for sure. It's just no. to just make yourself happy. Mm. Could all use a bit of that right now. Mm. <laughs> so, why are instant noodles so tasty, so addictive? It's because of MSG. <laughs> so, <gasps> MSG! Yeah, yeah. MSG, also known as monosodium L-glutamate. So it's an umami-rich, 
flavor enhancer. So I don't know what you guys, your guys' opinions on MSG is, but it's copped a lot of flack across our lifetime, particularly in the Western markets due to a lot of science miscommunication about its health effects and so-called dangers. Mm. Yeah, I definitely think it's a racially driven uh, thing with MSG. So personally, I don't like MSG, um, mainly just because mum and dad don't really like it as well. So they don't like how salty it makes food taste. We actually eat quite bland food at home, so maybe it's just us. But um, yeah, there's actually this Lancet article um, that I've been told about from a while back um, about a study done in New York where it was called the Chinese Restaurant Syndrome, and essentially mm. people were saying that they had a really upset stomach because um, they'd just gone to the Chinese restaurant, and essentially mm. they're just trying to uh, relate it back on MSG from eating at these Chinese restaurants, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm not a personal fan of MSG, but I'm also not a fan of the hate towards it. Mm. Do you have any opinions, Bonnie, on MSG? I... Like, mum has always said, oh, my gosh, like, I don't cook with MSG. It's like she's so proud that she doesn't put MSG in her cooking. So I always just assumed that it was something bad. And I always knew that instant noodles had a lot, which is why, you know, we're told not to have much instant noodles because all of the MSG. But to be honest, I don't know, really understand why MSG is bad for us. Like, I get that it's addictive but the science behind it I, I don't know hopefully we'll get into that a bit more in this pod yeah well, yeah well I mean it, sending the record straight MSG in moderation is fine uh, most of those things you hear about for, from people reacting badly to MSG mm. is largely mm. unfounded on proper evidence-based science uh, and mm-hmm. so more so you know, like like uh, Vicky was alluding to is more racially charged unfortunately more so that, that Chinese restaurant syndrome is what people call pain, increased pain sensitivity and a dermatitis following MSG consumption, which is a bit ridiculous because it's very, very, very uncommon. Those people probably had underlying conditions. So mm-hmm. it's um, something else entirely, I, as far as I can tell. And I'm a big proponent of MSG, like I said, everything in moderation, because it tastes good. It tastes really good when you put it into food. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, not, for some of us, you know, we can't spend those 12 hours making a ramen broth, you know. Um, mm. it's, it's very it's very difficult to do that. We don't have commercially available kitchens, so give it a hit of MSG, give that quick boost of umami, you know. No skin off my teeth. You know? Is it in much other cooking, like cuisines, other than Asian foods? Or is there typically just a lot in Asian foods and that's where people make the link? I think mostly in Asian foods, because when, when you buy MSG from the supermarkets, they're all Asian brands, um, even in like mm. Woolworths and stuff, they'll import it. So I feel like it's mostly Asian cooking. Um, I've got a couple of things to add to that, actually. So the first time, so I'd actually never seen MSG until about two years ago. I didn't even know what it looks like. Um, and the first time I ever saw it was actually in Peru. So there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a large Chinese popular community in Peru because uh, a lot of them moved over uh, to help with, I think, building the trains uh, back in the 1800s. So they've ad- adopted a lot of Asian culture and cuisine into Peruvian food. Um, and I went to a cooking class and the lady was like, okay, and are you ready to add the MSG to this um, fried rice that she was making? I was like, sure. Like, I have no idea what to explain. It was just like a massive like tub of white powder. I was like, Wow. <laughs> 
And yeah, obviously it tasted great, made the fried rice really good. Um, so yeah, that was that was the first time I'd actually come into contact or like physically, like visibly saw the MSG, which is pretty cool. Um, oh my gosh, did it have place. much of a smell? Like, could you smell it even when it was powdery? No, it just kind of looked like white, like very fine salt. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, another funny story with MSG. So um, my parents run a Chinese takeaway and often what brings a lot of entertainment to us is reading all the Google reviews that we get. Oh. Uh, and one customer wrote, she was like, this place has so much MSG, like absolutely disgusting, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, we actually don't have MSG in our food. Like, I was like, I, I don't even know what it looks like. That's literally what I wrote. I was like, I'm really sorry if our food upset your stomach. And then some other person is like, I am actually allergic to MSG and I go to their place all the time. So they don't have MS, like any yeah. MSG. Yeah, yes, to the that. supporter. Thank you. Yes, to the supporter. How good. Just like, oh, people are so, but yeah, I think they just kind of, Obviously, the food didn't like might not have sit, sat well in their tummy, but just don't blame it on the MSG. It's such an easy target. Oh, man. Well, you know, people love easy targets, love to take pot shots. But yeah, before you dissent on MSG, maybe just double check to know, you know, like, not be a racist. <clears throat> so, <laughs> uh, MSG it activates several areas linked to metabolism and hunger control um, in your brain. Uh, plus, it's also known to have roles in digestion and absorption. So the signaling actually goes beyond the taste receptors in your tongue, but actually also activates receptors in your gut to stimulate metabolism and digestion processes. So it's more than just the addictive part of the flavoring. Um, it does have that benefit of improving your digestion and metabolism as well. So like I said, everything in moderation is fine. It's not like you're not built to digest MSG. Okay, um, moving on to the noodle. So this is true of most instant noodles and regular noodles in Japan. There are three key ingredients for a traditional based wheat-based noodle. So this is wheat flour, water, and salt. So what's incredibly important to making ramen and instant noodles is this term called kansui. So in Japanese, it means something along the lines of an alkaline water. So kansui is typically made uh, by using a nine to one ratio uh, solution of sodium carbonate and potassium carbonate and this is slowly added to the flour and water whilst you're making the noodle dough I'm not sure that's what you're supposed to call it as you're making it yeah I think mm -hmm. it's noodle dough as the kansui is added what it does is it actually aids the development of gluten the protein which helps maintain the shape of wheat-based foods and promotes the gelatinization of starch which gives ramen springiness and chewiness so there's an actual study on this uh, in a journal known as Food Chemistry by Chong Liu. And he demonstrated that the addition of kansui to 1% in the noodle making process prevents the disaggregation of gluten components by increasing linkages between the components of the noodles, increasing their stability. So this kansui is very important for the texture. Um, and I think it does differentiate a bit when you're considering, say, a more Western or European noodle, such as a spaghetti or like a pasta, that sort of stuff, which mm. typically doesn't use um, an alkaline-based uh, solution to make that water. So, yeah, kansui, pretty important. You can buy kansui um, on, on shelves. Like you can just buy bottles of kansui, but it's relatively easy to make as well if you have the bases um, at home. Just which order everything from Sigma. <laughs> so that's the food science behind instant noodles. So let's see where instant noodles went next. 
So with the invention of chicken ramen being a smash hit in Japan, Ando sought to take his invention worldwide. Quoting from Gizmodo again, undaunted by the American consumer's ignorance of ramen and chopsticks, <laughs> Ando declared, let them eat it with forks. <gasps> <laughs> what an abomination. Yeah. Um, how do you even eat ramen with a fork? Like, you can't even... Oh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> So it was on a business trip to the US in 1966 where the next greatest idea would begin. When demoing his product to supermarket executives in LA, he observed them using a styrofoam coffee cup to hold their freshly made instant noodles. The noodle had dropped. I say again for the second time. It was the time for instant noodles to evolve, to become something even more convenient, even, even more greater. A combination of Japanese and American wisdom, Nissan would begin to package instant ramen in styrofoam cups where all you needed to do was pour some hot water to the line and seal the lid and let rest for less than three minutes. So that's, that's incredible. It. Yeah. So it's kind of like another mistake, like another accident. This American guy's just sipping his noodle with his fork, with his styrofoam <laughs> cup. And alas, we have noodle in a cup. Instant cup. Oh, in, is it called instant cup? I can't remember what it's called. The Nissan one's called cup noodles in Japan. Cup noodles, and, yeah, sorry. And sometimes yeah. it's like top ramen, I think, in America. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's cool, right? It's like, like I, I love these food stories when they're a combination of cultures. Like like your story in Peru, Vicky, when you're talking about mm. how Asian influence is brought over to Peru. Yeah. Here it's like yeah. the American influence is brought back to Asia. Mm, yeah. <laughs> which was just a convenience. Like it's definitely not one-sided, which is the beauty of multiculturalism, obviously. Have you guys ever been to the Nissan uh, Cup Noodle Museum in Japan? I think there's two of them. I haven't. No, <laughs> I was... Have you, Jack? Been? Yes, it's it's great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> did you the... get to design your own noodle cup? Yes, I, heard... I did. I did. Yeah. So you, you get the you get the cup and you can like draw all over it. It's got a little cup noodle like template, and then after that you go go in and you get your block of noodles and they put what flavorings you want in it. So you choose a combination of flavorings and toppings, and then they vacuum seal it for you. You take it back home and you have your own instant noodles. So good. I don't know yeah. why I didn't go. Where was it in Japan? I think there's one in Osaka and there's another one elsewhere. I think it actually oh. might be near Yokohama. Yokohama also has a ramen museum, like a, a traditional okay. ramen museum yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, I think I was too busy at Universal Studios in Osaka. <laughs> <laughs> Just going on the Jaws roller coaster five times. Jaws. Next time. Yeah, next time. Well, we got those Qantas flights that just came out to go to Japan by the end of the year. So, oh, what? Yeah. Yeah, did you see um, the Qantas are like, here's the, the flights we can take. Uh, some, so ones are going to, some are going to Japan, <gasps> US, mm. London, Singapore. So we could have a pod trip oh to Japan. Open those borders. Wow. Get yeah. us there. So, yeah, the reason why I brought up the Cup Noodle Museum is because um, there you can actually see what the noodles look like in the cup. So if you take a cross-section of your typical Nissan Cup Noodle, so what you'll find are the toppings on top of the noodles, followed by the noodles themselves, so your block. There's actually an air pocket underneath the noodles at the bottom. And there's actually a reason to this, a so-called science to it. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the density of noodles in the block of a cup of noodles, they're more dense at the top and they're more loosely packed the further down you go no way. in the cup. So to my mind, this works twofold. So having mm -hmm. a higher noodle density at the top means toppings firstly can be placed on the top where toppings should be because they're not going to fall through the noodles. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> and secondly, water will fall to the bottom what gravity does it's going to it's going to make its way through the noodles so by increasing the noodle density vertically it means that your noodles will cook more evenly because you have less noodles at the bottom and more noodles at the top so those at the bottom will cook faster and then those towards the top 
um, will like cook take a little, longer. Yeah, take a little bit longer. So you get a more even texture throughout yeah. your noodle. So, but yeah. Sorry, in my head. So if the water's kind of like, well, like obviously the noodles. So there's less noodles sitting at the bottom to make them go soggy. Is that my yeah. understanding? Uh, yeah. So I guess like they they will cook. The, I guess yeah, they, they will cook first. Actually, now you've mentioned it, it does it is a bit. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking yeah. water rushing to the bottom, and so is it. Like, do you think the water at the bottom's there for too long, and then the mm. noodles at the bottom actually cook for longer? That's true. But That's the top true. should be cooking for longer. Mm. Think. We should we... ask Ando. We can ask Nissen. We should go to the okay. museum. We should go. Like, hey, <gasps> we should go. guys, why why are noodles? Less dense at the bottom. We're trying to figure this out for the podcast, for 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 facts. <laughs> we can do a overseas trip for the podcast. Yeah. I'd be down for that. I'd be so down. Yeah, sounds essential, guys. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so developing the cup noodle was a five-year process, but from it, Nissan dubbed this their second invention. So the cup noodle was finally brought forth to the world five years from 1966. So, I guess I'll ask you guys this. Where do you take noodles next? You've done the traditional noodle, you've done the cup noodle, but where has one noodle gone where no noodle has gone before? Oh, to where the eels go. Bermuda <laughs> 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 Triangle. What's it, the Sargasso <laughs> Sea? Oh, Sargasso Sea. Just, just lob the cup of noodles in. <laughs> All that just rubbish join, that's circling around is actually yeah. ramen noodles and the eels just get incorporated into the noodle. That's what we're eating. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, we can test that theory. <laughs> well, okay, where do they actually go, Jack? Well, for those playing at home, if you guessed space, you would guess correct. So the next ramen was known as Space Ramen, or Space Ram for short. Ooh. So Space Ram was still made up of using the traditional flash frying method. That's really hard to say. <laughs> flash frying. Flash frying. <laughs> flash frying. Flash frying flash method. Frying. Yeah, yeah so, flash frying. Oh, flash I, I flash. actually said flash flying. Sorry. Mm. Didn't even realize. Flash <laughs> fry. <laughs> so they would still flash fry the noodles. And this was vacuum packed uh, for consumption in space. It was actually made for a Japanese astronaut known as Soichi Noguchi. And it was for his trip to the Discovery Space Shuttle in 2005. What's unique about space ram or space rams is that it's made to be consumable in zero gravity. So the broth was actually made thicker to prevent dispersal in space, and the noodles were made smaller to be cooked without actual boiling water. So maybe like warm water is enough to cook them. So that's the third and latest new invention by Nissan, the space ram. So we've gone from the creation of ramen, the convenience of ramen in Earth, and the popularization of instant ramen, and then finally ramen has made its way into space. That's so cool about the cooking without boiling water mm, yeah. because I feel like we all know how hard it is. If you don't have boiling water, <laughs> you just live with regrets and you end up having to put it in the microwave, oh. which I think oh, no. I think Ando would would look down on me Roll and in his grave. he would be disgraced. Yeah. Goodness, you do no. that, Bonnie? I have before, yeah. It's a soggy noodle. It's a no noodle. egg, microwave, Bonnie, a few red flags here. <laughs> Would be banished. Someone make this girl a bowl of noodles. <laughs> well, you know, all things like a good bowl, a cup of instant noodles, inevitably reaches its end. So, no. I know. No, so. don't tell us. Don't break it to us. 
So the day before his death, Ando returned to the Osaka Nissan factory to give an annual New Year's message. To quote Ando, the fundamental misunderstanding of humanity is believing that we can achieve all of our desires without limitation. Maybe not the most optimistic outlook, but Ando was a man that was acutely aware of this. Innovative at heart and undeniably resourceful. This is what he truly was. It's clear that his mantra is what propelled him from his post-war era position to where he was in the late 20th century. Ando died at the age of 96. He claimed the secret of his long life was playing golf and eating chicken ramen almost every day. So, yeah. Wow. Um, Sounds like that's what we have to do now. Pick up golf, get some noodles. Well, Bonnie, your golf, how's your golfing going? You've been Look, doing- haven't played in ages, but uh, golf clubs, or yeah, golf opens up this Sunday. And what? so, yeah, because outdoor sports allowed. That's crazy. So good. Yeah, so the rules are that you can only play with two people um, or two people at once, so one person, another person. Mm-hmm. So we we're on the booking site yesterday and I think there have never been as geriatric um, computer-savvy people because in this queue, it's probably similar to freaking Dua Lipa, there was <laughs> 211 people in the queue Ooh. when the booking site opened. Oh so unfortunately, I didn't get a booking, but I will try very hard to in the future if I want to live a long life like Ando. Can you get a, like a photo of yourself playing golf with a cup of noodles? Just like on the oh noodles? my gosh. Yes. Oh, except Bonnie, I can't, not allowed to eat food at the so... moment. But Wait, on the golf course? Yeah. Because you have to keep your mask on at all times. Uh... Yeah. Would they allow you to take a cup of like noodles into the green or whatever they call it? Um, you could hide it in your bag, but the difficulty would be getting the hot water. And we obviously know that's yeah. a problem. Mm. So mm. you might have to wait Maybe for post-COVID times. Maybe the microwave. Yeah, bring a microwave mm. with you. That's yeah. sus, yeah. <laughs> More subtle. Yeah. So, yeah, Ando is remembered very fondly. He's survived by his wife and children. Uh, so they're, they're still continuing on, which is great. Um, and he's remembered through multiple awards, honors, and medals delivered by the Japanese government and emperor himself. So oh gosh. this man is like he's famous. I, I I would doubt that you could you would find anybody in Japan that doesn't know who this guy mm. is. Yeah. So Ando achieved his goal, bringing food to the masses. In many ways, instant noodles are a symbol of equity. No matter your background, culture, income bracket, none of us are above a humble packet or cup of instant noodles. Momofuku Ando has truly unified Earth's people. As he aptly put it, mankind is noodle kind. <laughs> I love wow. that. Wow, I'm actually quite touched by this whole story. I really enjoyed this. So yeah, that's that's the story of instant noodles. The the long history, its development, eventually making its way into space, and some of the science behind it. What what do you guys think? I love noodles even more now. Like my love for it was so high, but now I feel a personal connection that the man who's created it is is a hero. Yeah. Like, he's a legend. I just couldn't think I, yeah, could have loved noodles more until this afternoon. That was fantastic. Thank you, Jack. There's so much, yeah, like, there's so much history and culture behind it. And I, I, I love the way noodles have interacted on this level and other levels. Have you guys heard of Simon? It's, like, the Hawaiian version of ramen. No. Simon? It's, like, um, the S-A-I-M-I-N. And so it's right. developed in the plantation era. Because in Hawaii, this is where you have the intersection of the Hawaiian locals, 
um, people from China, from Japan, and the Turkish. And so they would come together and they would combine all their knowledge, but with the local ingredients available. And so they would create simon, which would, which had all of those influence, the Chinese, the Japanese, and even the Turkish. And so you've got this bowl of noodles that represents Hawaii in itself. And you wouldn't necessarily think of it that way, looking from the outside in. But to that, that, that cultural clash uh, to create something new is it's, it's what I love about noodles. Wait, so can you get simon in Australia? It'd be very difficult to. <laughs> it's, right. it's not very common because in Hawaii you get it everywhere you get it from McDonald's you can get salmon in, in right oh, so yeah. of course sorry I'm like picturing like can we have instant salmon but maybe that's mm. not a thing yeah I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I'm dying to try a real bowl of salmon I also want to go back mm. to Hawaii just for that we're going guys we're making it a round right. trip oh yes the world tour the, the pair of around world the tour. world ticket <laughs> um, alright I've got some noodle facts should, should we blast <gasps> out some noodle yes. facts wow. yes wow okay hit us okay. so China is the highest consumer of instant noodles Data from the World Instant Noodles Association, or WINA. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, says last year, China consumed 46.35 billion servings of instant noodles. Second to that was Indonesia at only 12.64 billion. So they have, they, they love their instant noodles in China and mm. they've got huge varieties. So, you know, don't, don't blame them. The leading manufacturer of instant noodles in Australia is the San Remo Macaroni Company. So you guys know San Remo, they make pasta, but they oh, also make yeah. instant noodles under the fantastic and Sumi brand. Macaroon, like macaroni <laughs> company, like <laughs> not just San Remo, it's macaroni. Uh, uh. Yeah, so they own the thirty percent. They own thirty percent of the market share here in Australia for instant noodles. <laughs> Um, in China, yi noodle could actually be found on the packaging of early instant noodles. Ooh. So remembering the the first time in which instant yep. noodles were created in a sense, which I think is really cool. Uh, most of the market share of instant noodles in Indonesia is the classic Indomie <gasps> mie goreng. You guys have all had mie goreng, right? A classic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so they, they own, so the, the, the mie goreng has the largest market share of the products of instant noodles in uh, Indonesia and for those at home that's made to replicate replicate uh, Indonesian mie goreng and initially it was targeted at households so you know for the convenience of having uh, mie goreng whenever you want but now it's actually commonly served amongst a range of other instant noodles at restaurants in Indonesia or these are sometimes known as warang stores and funnily enough Indomie is also the most consumed brand of instant noodle in Nigeria of all places so Quite cool. prolific uh, into me. All right, last fact, and you guys probably know this one. In South Korea, instant noodles are typically referred to as ramyeon and, uh, and have gained a massive following by Koreans and Korea booze alike. What's Ramdong, a, sorry, what's a Korea booze? They, they love Korea. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. But like they're white. Well, they might not be, but you know, oh. they, they, they love those aspects of Korean culture. Um, yeah. We all have one. Yeah, I know one from high school. She lives there now. I think I oh, think she's a career boo. Living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ramdon, the instant noodle dish that rapidly gained notoriety following the movie Parasite, is actually a take on chapaguri. And chapaguri is the combination of chapaghetti and neoguri. So this is a thicker black bean noodle and typical ramyeon, respectively. So in the movie, this was topped with the premium beef known as hanu beef. And this was used to demonstrate class disparity or something. I don't know. I haven't watched the movie. <laughs> so I actually don't know where the 
noodles from Parasite coming because we were actually talking about this in our work trivia the other night and they were like, oh, we bought the noodles straight away after watching the movie. But what? so what noodles are Have you guys had oh, oh, before? Right, so yeah, chapaghetti. Um, I've, I've had both, chapaghetti and yogurt. Mm. So chapaghetti, so there's a, I'm not sure what it's actually called in Korean, but there's like a black bean noodle and, and chapaghetti, I guess, approximates that quite well. And so when you when you cook it um, in the with the sauce packet, it's like a powder, but then it turns all the noodles like a very dark brown or black. So, mm-hmm. similar okay. so I think there's a lot of Chinese influence in that. And then the, the neoguri is a more typical, just ramyeon. It's just like a soup noodle, um, you know, a chili, a spicy soup base, that sort of stuff. So they mix it together. I'm not sure what combination of sauce packets they use, that sort of stuff. But yeah, then they chuck on the hanu beef and it instantly becomes like 20 times more expensive than a packet of mm. instant noodles. Yeah, I don't think I've Ooh. ever had it. And I've also seen Parasite, but now I literally can't remember noodles <laughs> no, being can't. in the movie. But the movie's pretty wild, so probably yeah. didn't pay attention to the noodles. The whole time. Is it a yeah. scary movie? I don't. I, I, I oh. still got no idea what it's about. You're definitely <laughs> on edge. Yeah, you're definitely on edge. There's quite eerie scenes. Um, there's one where the mum's she's like preparing food. Maybe she's cutting fish, and there's like a super sharp knife, and you're just like. Yeah, she's cooking, but is she going to also kill someone with a knife? You just don't know. Uh. <laughs> it's a good movie, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't like scary movies at all, so I was kind of on edge the whole time. Mm. Cool. Well, that that's it for my report. Um, so I've got the noodle facts, got the report done. Thanks for listening, guys. That was very fascinating. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I really want a bowl of instant noodles now. Yeah, I'm just having cravings. I think we should all get out a bowl of noodles. And I would put egg in this time, so you should be proud. I believe With it boiling hot that. water. <laughs> yeah, send us a photo next time you do it, Bonnie. And then... Let's pop a photo on our socials of each of us the next time we have a bowl of instant noodles. And listeners, you guys should send in... A pick of yours as well yes. and let us know what your favorite is because yeah, like I, toppings and i really want to try more now i think i'm closed off like i definitely like the shin the xin those red mm. packet ones that you can buy in literally like a 50 pack um, <laughs> have bought that before also love the gin but i feel like there's so many out there maybe mm. even fusion flavors like there's probably spaghetti I mean, I would be open to trying that. Yeah, we buy um, we buy box like cartons of it. Yes, yeah, mum, mum and dad do the um like wholesale um for the takeaways. So mum will get the massive box of noodles for us. <laughs> Love that. So so good. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I can branch out to be honest, but uh, I'm open to suggestions if, especially listeners, have any good suggestions. Have you guys ever had the instant Ichiran ramen? Mm, no, what's Ichiran? I probably have to look up a photo. Ichiran is a chain of ramen restaurants in Japan. Um, so I think they originated in... Um, oh, where do they originate? It's down, down south. Um, because they, and it was a, it's a tonkotsu-based ramen. Yeah, and and so like they're, 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 then they've expanded out because they're very popular in Japan. So you can find their restaurants everywhere. You can also they also ta- have take home kits, and you can buy the instant version um, of that ramen, and it's really good because it's not powder or anything like that. It's like an actual mm. soup base. 
Oh, that's super cool. That reminds me, my friend was telling me that Shop Ramen in Melbourne now, because it's closed during lockdowns, they're selling their base in like ready to go sachets. Nice. So you can literally oh, so buy cool. like one of their ramens and make it yourself at home, which is fun. I think I think sometimes it's good to treat yourself to a bit of a bougie ramen. Why not? Mm, why not? Yeah. Those instant Ichiran packets, like if you buy a box in Australia after it's been imported, it's 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm just having a look. It's like $40 for a five meal pack or something. Mm, Worth yeah. it though. I mean, what? That's only $8 a meal. Yeah. Like I went all out when I made this. I made that. I, um, I made my own char siu pork. Um, Yum. And so I made that overnight. Um, so yeah, yeah made, made all the toppings and everything like that. So I could try and approximate. Oh my God. Maybe I'll go buy this. It looks so good. That like it's broth looks incredible. Really good. It's like it's thick with two C's. Oh. <laughs> Thirteen sold in the last ten hours. Wow. Where can you buy it from, Vicky? Merryseasons.com.au. Oh, Merry Seasons. What's Merry Seasons? It's like a it's like an Asian like no, it's not just groceries. They sell cosmetics and stuff too. Um, there's one next mm. to the JB Hi-Fi in Burke Street in the CBD. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I just go... go. Oh, oh actually... Work. Yeah. You can also get it from Tangs. Mm. Oh, Tangs is so good. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I think we all deserve to have some noodles tonight. Maybe we'll wrap up the pod episode there. Um, thanks so much, Jack, for presenting. That was so fun. I feel like we all have lots of noodle trivia that we can take with us. Uh, for any pub trivia that happens in the future yeah um thank you listeners for listening and please let us know what you want to hear because we'd love to hear your suggestions um follow us on the insta and twitter at the pair review club and we'll catch you next time yeah i'll see you next time i think we have a couple of guests lined up don't we so maybe yes, we should be that. exciting yeah. we do have exciting stuff in store Perfect. Alrighty. Catch you later, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.